Pressure Free, a production of iHeartRadio and the Fanline Media. I'm your host, Wan Muhammad. And if you're a fan of Formula One like I am, you have come to the right place because this is gonna be a free fall from here on out as we review every F1 team launches on the road to the F1 2020 season. So without further ado, the F1 world is here now with all the F1 2020 car launches. Please note that the remaining four teams will launch on Monday and Wednesday during the F1 testing session. Enjoy this episode. The SF1000 because they are going to be celebrating their 1000th Grand Prix this year. And that's why they've gone with that name. But let's get the elephant in the room out of the way straight away. Yep, it is red and yep, it is pretty much identical to last year's livery. I can't see much too different on there. But honestly, I actually really did like last year's livery, so I'm quite happy for it to stay fundamentally the same. And you know, I think the Dark Mission Winnow sponsorship definitely looks better than it did when it was white. Now, yesterday when I did the Mercedes livery reaction video, I didn't bother with any side-by-sides because it was the 2019 car with the new livery on it. But this Ferrari is a real car, and although it is going to change massively between now and testing, and then again between testing and the first race of the season, there are a few little developments I've spotted. Now, again, I'm not that technically minded. That is a disclaimer you're going to have to get used to hearing over pre-season, I'm afraid. But even I can see that this is a very aggressive or fairly aggressive evolution of last year's car. And that's got me quite excited. I didn't expect to see quite so many changes, especially with what's coming up with the 2021 regulations. So for the second time in this pre-season build-up launch period thing, it's time for a game of Spot the Difference. I feel like I need some kind of really cheesy 90s music after that one. But anyway, first thing I spotted on this car genuinely is the return of what they used to call the Viking horns. You can see there just those little winglets on the airbox. They were definitely not there in the Abu Dhabi spec of last year's car. And I am so pleased to see them making a return. Not quite as dramatic or as awesome as they were on the McLaren a few years ago, or probably many years ago now, Sean, come on. But I've always been a fan of those, so good to see them on the car. Also, something I spotted, there's quite a bit of rake on that car as well. Now, it wasn't exactly non-existent in Abu Dhabi, but there looks to be a little bit more on this one. Now, let me know what you think in the comments. It might just be the angle of the shot. It might be the lighting or whatever, but there definitely at least appears to be a bit more rake on that car. And I'm pointing that out because somehow I managed to miss it on the Haas last week, despite it being massively aggressive on that car. So thank you to everybody in the comment section for drawing that to my attention. Looking at the front of the car, apart from those Viking horns, obviously not a lot changing. The front wing very much sticking with the same philosophy they had last year. But with my, let's say, untrained eye, I can't spot too much going on there. However, when we look at the side of the car, there are definite changes going on there. You can see there around the barge boards. That's been evolved on last year's concept. The best shot I've got, by the way, for the side-by-side -side is a shot from Russia. The clearest shot, anyway, of that area. But from what I can see, it wasn't on the Abu Dhabi spec either. But you've got, like, those three prongs, if you like. So that's definitely changed. And there looks to have been some evolution as well around the floor area at the front there. I'm not 100% sure on that. Again, it might just be angles and whatnot. But there looks to be something different. Once again on that, actually, as I said in the Haas video last week, if you want some proper in-depth stuff, check out Cray Scarborough on Twitter. He's fantastic with this sort of thing. Also, actually, keep an eye out for Arav as well. I'm sure he'll do a video on this too. But just comparing that barge board, because I like to do stuff like this, it's kind of a pointless comparison given the development through the season. But comparing these shots to last year's launch photos or renders or whatever, look at the difference there. 
That is a year's worth of development in one shot. Fantastic stuff. Yes, I'm back to getting excited about barge boards again. Actually, looking again, that boomerang on the um, barge board looks to be mounted slightly differently. Maybe? I don't know. Let's move to the rear of the car. From what I can tell, no massive changes to anything back here. I'm sure there'll be something. But what I do want to point out, actually, is the floor. It looks a lot cleaner, if you like. A lot tidier. Not a lot going on on there. So I fully expect when we get to Barcelona and we get to Australia, you'll see a lot of those deflectors suddenly spring up out of nowhere. So definitely keep an eye out for that one. Again, this is just a launch spec car. It's really just to, well, launch their season and to show off their 2020 livery. But it's still always nice to give a proper car a once over rather than just some studio renders or a livery on a 2019 car. All right, I'll hold my hands up and admit I really, really have my heart set on a white and papaya livery. But that's because people on social media make some bloody brilliant concept liveries. But I should have known better. Still, though, this looks fantastic. I'm absolutely loving the matte finish. And although I did like the geometric shapes, if you like, at the back of the car, the way they had the blue last year, I genuinely do think that blue has been very nicely integrated into this year's car. Really impressed because I was a little concerned, actually, because I really liked that whole papaya and blue livery they had last year. And then Zach Brown back in December was teasing a radical change or a substantial change. But it's not been that radical, yet I think it's enough of a change to keep those of us happy who like to see, again, little changes here and there. I don't know, by the way, how many times I said changes in that little section there, so apologies. But all in all, loving the look of it. One thing I do want to point out on this car, though, in terms of the livery side of things, before I go any further, that halo looks really, really nicely integrated in that orange. Or that papaya, sorry. I must remember to call it papaya and not orange. So as I'm sure you'll know if you've watched the other launch videos on the channel, I've been doing a little game of spot the difference with all of the cars so far. But I'm going to change it up a little bit, and by change it up I mean literally change the name of this section, that's basically it. So instead of spot the difference, I'm going to pick out five areas of interest, or points of interest on the car. Usual boring disclaimer caveat at this point. I'm not technically minded, I don't pretend to be, but I like to think I can spot changes and interesting areas on the car. And believe me, if you're getting bored of hearing that, I'm getting bored of saying it. There's no doubt about that. But anyway, let's get on with it. So first of all, in this side-by-side, -side, you see what I mean by just changing the name and not actually changing the section. But anyway, looking at these side-by-sides, the MCL35 on the left and the MCL34 on the right, both have very similar caped noses. But I would argue there's been some evolution in that area on the newer car. So it's evolved, but it's not dissimilar, if that makes sense. Probably not. Moving on. Sticking with the nose, you can see right on the tip there, the nose stub, if you like. There has definitely been a change there. There's no opening at the moment, but I must stress, this is just the launch spec. This is just a launch spec render and will probably change before testing, let alone Australia. So an opening could appear there at any point, really. And I think the nose cone looks pretty much the same, maybe slightly narrower. Or that could just be the crop of the two pictures making it look that way, but it does appear a little bit more narrow to me. But the rear of that car, from what you can see in these renders, that is definitely more defined. And of course, all those bulges and whatnot are there to aid cooling. As a result of that, the side pods are definitely slimmer. And I've got to say, the whole thing looks very neatly packaged towards the rear of that car. Fourth thing I want to draw your attention to is the roll hoop, or what I call the airbox. Do people still call it the airbox, or is that just me? The MCL35 has the four inlets to it now, whereas last year's MCL34 had just the one big oval-shaped hoop. It's more of a triangle now in terms of structure. 
And the last area of interest, for me anyway, is on the barge boards. I think they look slightly simpler. Is simpler a word? It is now slightly more simple than they did last year. But I think that's probably due to the fact that this is the launch spec car. So what I mean is if we look at last year's launch spec car or the renders of last year's car versus what it looked like on track in Mexico, you can see that a lot of things changed in that time. So I think we'll see a lot of development there between now and testing and certainly again before the first race in Australia. But they are just five initial areas of interest. There are quite a few of you out there, I'm sure, with much better eyes for this than me. So as ever, feel free to post your comments below on things that you've spotted on the MCL 35. But anyway, let's round this one up then. All in all, a very nice looking car. Absolutely adore the livery. I'd probably argue it's the best livery we've seen so far. Although I did really love the Haas one, but I think the McLaren just trumps it. And you know, to my untrained eye, it doesn't look as though there's been any massive changes to that car, just some very nice little bits of evolution. But with the step they took last year, that's all they really needed to do this season. With 2021 on the horizon, they were never going to go mad. But that being said, they have still done a little bit more than I was expecting. I cannot wait to see that thing on track. And I really hope, fingers crossed, that McLaren are in that fight to be top of the midfield again. I think we're in for a great scrap in that midfield this year. It was so close in 2019. And with this year again being evolution, not revolution, we could potentially be looking at an even closer fight in that battle to be best of the rest, top of that midfield. Let's just hope the World Feed Director bothers to show us some of it this year because it'd be great to see some of that action. Let's start with Red Bull. They were first today, after all. Really early as well. I think it was something like 8, 9 o'clock this morning. I was still in bed. I know, incredibly lazy. But anyway, first off, livery-wise, a little bit of disappointment. There's no camo ball this year. I know it's not really a big deal because they would change it before testing anywhere, or at least before the first race. But it would have still been nice to see something a little bit different because pretty much that livery is identical to last year's. Again, that's not a criticism. It's about branding. That's why the Mercedes was pretty much identical apart from the red accents and the Ferrari was pretty much identical as well. It's to be expected. That's what I'm trying to say. And again, as I keep saying in these videos, I'm no technical expert, but what I will say from the aerodynamic side of things, the car does look a little bit unfinished. Yes, as with all the cars that are launched at this time of year, they are just launch spec cars, so they are unfinished to a point, but it just seems to have hit me harder with the Red Bull for some reason. That being said though, there are a few interesting little changes that are worth pointing out, so you know what's coming now. I'm going to throw up a few side-by-sides now and we'll do a bit of spot the difference. The first thing, and I think it's fair to say, weirdly enough, probably the most obvious change, is on that little stub on the nose there. As you can see in the image on the right, it was very basic, I guess you could say. Obviously what it's doing is not basic, but in terms of the visuals it was. Whereas this year they've gone with a, I'm going to call it a Darth Vader nose stub. It's genuinely what it reminds me of. Did Darth Vader have a nose stub? That's a debate for another day, anyway. But you can see it a little bit more clearly in this next image. You can see the lower bit of that stub is very similar to last year, but then we've got the two extra slots above it. So that's really interesting. Again, I'm not really sure what that does. It'll be to do with directing the airflow, but it's not something we've really seen on any other car as of yet. And I don't think we saw it last season anywhere either. Perhaps it's something similar to the philosophy that they had on the Racing Point, for example. But other than that, no huge changes at the front of the car. A few people have said that they think the S-duct is a little bit narrower. But to me, that looks pretty much the same. And then the little fins to the side of it, they look almost identical to last year. In fact, I think they probably are identical. 
and also that scoop, if you like, by the nose there, that doesn't appear to be on last year's car. That picture, by the way, on the right is of the Mexico spec. It's the best shot I could get of the front of the car, really. Certainly to show that part off anyway. And there is a little slot there on the nose, which is quite interesting. Jonty spotted that and messaged me about it. So again, not a huge number of changes at the front of the car, just some nice evolutions, if you like. And that's pretty much the case for all of the car. Like I say, not a lot changing. It does really feel like a proper launch spec car. As you would expect, the rear of the car is very nicely tightly packaged, as it very much were. And that's definitely something we've come to expect over the years from Red Bull, certainly since Adrian Newey came on board anyway. And Craig Scarborough over on Twitter, yes, I keep mentioning him, but he's brilliant with this sort of stuff. He's also spotted a good bulge, again, as it very much were, stop it, Sean. Just around the engine cover there to help with cooling. It does look like there was a bulge on last year's car, but it does look slightly more defined for the 2020 launch spec car. The floor looks pretty similar as well. In fact, I'd argue almost identical, which gives you some idea as to how much change could come before Barcelona. But let's not forget, that was a good car last year. So really, all Red Bull need to do is kind of evolve that and hope that Honda continue to deliver the power and the improvement they showed last year. And it's only pre-season and so much can change before Australia, let alone Abu Dhabi. But I've got a good feeling about Red Bull. But I'm not going to make any crazy predictions just yet. I'm not that daft. I've learnt my lesson on that front. And just a quick look at the side of the car. I think there have been a few little tweaks around the bargeboard area, but nothing particularly substantial. Very similar to last year. All in all, I'd again say a very tidy car from Red Bull, but I'm very much looking forward to what they bring in terms of development for testing and then what the car looks like in Australia. Like I say, I'm not going to go mad with predictions, but one thing I can confidently predict is this car will look very different in Melbourne. Next up to launch today were Renault, and I'm going to be honest right from the start here, I'm not even going to bother with side-by-sides. The launch today, as had been previously stated in press releases, was not a car launch, but a season launch, and they were only ever going to show glimpses of the car in what they described as their pre-season testing livery. So it's not a surprise that we've not seen much, but you know what? I expected a little bit more than we got. Never mind. First of all, the livery. Although this is only a pre-season testing livery, I am totally happy if Renault want to stay all black for the season. That looks really nice. I've said this before on videos. I've always been a fan of just plain black liveries. I'm a simple man in so many ways, but I do like the look of it. However, it is expected that the yellow will creep its way back in at some point before Australia. From the technical side of things, like I say, not going to bother with side-by-sides because there's a lot of last year's cars still on there. Even I can see that. Couple of things I've spotted that might be worth noting, though. On this shot, it does look as though perhaps the barge boards have now got a boomerang on them, like we saw on yesterday's Ferrari, for example. And that is something that was definitely not on the Abu Dhabi spec of last year's car. But again, it's really difficult to tell from these pictures. Just something there at the top, as you can see. Neatly packaged at the rear, not much to say there, but at the front of the car, that nose looks as though it's going into either a Mercedes-style front end, or front nose, obviously, and possibly even wing, who knows? But it's also quite reminiscent of last year's McLaren. I don't know if you guys agree. Just that top part there looks very similar to the way the McLaren used to taper down. So maybe Renault going with a change of philosophy there. I'm just going to leave it there on the car shots though. There's not really any point going over these anymore. We'll have to wait and see what happens with the car in Barcelona. And by the way, the team did take to Instagram to explain where the car is. And apparently it is still in pieces and will not be assembled until the first test or at least until they arrive at the circuit. So that is why there was no car at the launch and it is just these glimpses of the renders. 
Ultimately, though, that was pretty much it for the Renault season launch. So I think it's probably best just to move on. And finally, like I say, a lot to get through today. But following a request from the promoter, which was accepted by the FIA and Formula One, as expected, the Chinese Grand Prix has now been officially postponed. It was, of course, due to take place on April the 19th, but will now not go ahead as a result of the continued spread of the coronavirus. Now, it must be stressed at this point, the race has not been cancelled. It has just been postponed. And it is reported that Formula One are looking at options towards the end of the season to possibly hold the race then. Now, I was going to do a video on this last week and where it might slot in if it was postponed, but decided against it until we had some official news. But from what I could work out, it is going to be very, very difficult to squeeze that race in towards the end of the year without having multiple races back to back. So as an example, Singapore, I guess, would make sense to try and put it in somewhere around there. But if you put it the week before Singapore, which is the only one available around that race, you would end up with five races back to back. Belgium, Italy, China, if it moved there, and then Singapore and Russia. If you move it to around Japan, you're going to end up with four races back to back. And if you slot it between Brazil and Abu Dhabi, it's three back to back on three different continents as well. So logistically, that's not ideal. But given that the teams are reluctant to do that many races back to back again, bearing in mind they did that in 2018 in Europe and didn't like it, I can't see that happening. Swapping races with Russia was one thing put forward at one point, but that was very quickly denied by the Sochi organisers. So I don't think that's going to happen and I can't see anybody else wanting to switch. One option apparently being discussed, again this is just according to reports so I guess rumour technically, but one option being discussed is apparently to move the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix back a week to the 6th of December with China being held the weekend before. So you'd have the Brazilian Grand Prix, then a week off, then the Chinese Grand Prix and the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix back to back. But again, that is pure speculation. That's just from reports I've read today. So take that with a pinch of salt. We'll wait for official word on it though. But I'd be very surprised if this gets rescheduled. So just to confirm, once again, the Chinese Grand Prix organisers have requested that the race be postponed and the FIA and Formula One have accepted it. So no Chinese Grand Prix on the 19th of April, but it could be held later in the year. That also means a hefty gap between the Vietnam Grand Prix and the Dutch Grand Prix. Four weeks is going to feel like a long time without Formula One, but this is the only, in my opinion anyway, sensible way to go. For me, it would have been very irresponsible for Formula One to go to China, putting drivers at risk, team personnel at risk, F1 personnel, the media, and of course fans as well. You're just putting too many people at risk and you've got hundreds of thousands of people all arriving at a racetrack in a country where they're currently struggling to contain a virus. It was an absolute no-brainer to postpone it and no surprise they've decided to take the sensible option. So the car was officially launched in three parts this evening and as part of a fashion show. And I've got to say, the highlight of my night was Franz Toss talking about fashion. I don't think life gets any better than that. First impressions on that livery. I'll try and keep it clean if I can. Absolutely stunning. I think that is the best livery we have seen so far. And without putting them down straight away, I'm pretty confident Williams and Racing Point won't come with anything better. So I'm going to call that best livery of the season. All right, I'm probably getting a little bit carried away. And perhaps there is a big chunk of recency bias in that. But again, I just think it looks absolutely stunning. Vibes of the BMW Williams as well. Such a good looking livery. And the race suits as well on the drivers look brilliant too. 
There is part of me that's a little bit disappointed, but only because of my own expectations. Kind of like the McLaren yesterday with the whole papyrus and white thing that I was hoping for. I really would have loved this to have been black and chrome or black and white or whatever. But either way, it still looks absolutely awesome. I do want to address something before we go any further though. And that is on the pronunciation of the team name. Now, David Coulthard, who hosted the event, must have gone through at least seven pronunciations. But he seemed to be hovering around Alpha Tauri rather than Alpha Tauri. So I guess just a heads up if I wander between different pronunciations, it's just because I'm not really confident that anybody's totally sure apart from the people at Alpha Tori, Tauri, 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 Rosso, whatever. Look, at the end of the day, as long as we know which team is being referred to, it doesn't really matter, does it? But, you know, just trying to clear that up as best I can and then making it as clear as mud. That's the F1 word way. Anyway, let's have a look at the car. I've covered the livery. I'll say it once again. Absolutely love it. I'm not going to go mad on the technical side, though. I am going to do some stuff on the W11, but I will, once again, just pick out a few points of interest, but probably no side-by-sides with this one. Actually, do you know what? That's a lie. I will do a couple of side-by-sides. I'm not going to go mad, though. So, first of all, comparing it to last year's launch spec, you can see a lot of changes on there, but I've done that because it'll also give you an idea as to just how much that car will evolve over the course of this season, although 2021 on the horizon, maybe not as much as in previous years. So just a couple of obvious areas of change at the front of the car, if you like, or from the front view of the car. The car on the right, by the way, is a Brazil spec. So you can see there have been changes to the barge boards around the side pods. That's pretty obvious. And also to the airbox. Bit of a change of philosophy with that one. And by the way, perhaps somewhat unsurprisingly, not all that different to the RB16. Another area I just wanted to point out very quickly as well, because I did notice it pretty much straight away, or when I saw this side shot anyway of the barge board area, way too simple. That is going to change massively before testing. And this is why I keep throwing that caveat out there this week. Even though I'm trying my best to pick certain things out, it's entirely pointless on renders. But keep an eye out on social media tomorrow because the car is going for a shakedown. So we might get some proper real photos of it on track. In terms of the front wing, I think that's very close to the spec they were using towards the end of last season, so I expect that to change come Barcelona. But to be honest, that's pretty much all I'm going to point out on the AlphaTauri. I'm sure there's so much more, but like I say, the renders are kind of pointless, and this was always going to be more of a livery reaction than anything else. And once again, it's an absolute stunner in my opinion. I bloody love it. Let's move on then. Another busy old day today. Earlier this morning, Mercedes released the W11, or renders of the W11. Of course, on Monday, we got to see their livery for 2020, and now we've seen their launch spec car proper. Like I say, the renders were released, and the car was sent for a run around Silverstone, or a shakedown around Silverstone. And the first thing I've got to say on this one is the red, or the burgundy, or the cherry, or the pepper red, depending on your Dulux colour chart. It looks so much better on the car when it's out on track. On Monday, it just, it looked out of place. Something wasn't right with it for me. And now we've seen it in some proper half-decent lighting, it definitely looks better. Now, like I said earlier, I'm not going to go mad with the technical stuff again today, but I am going to look at some areas of interest. First of all, looking at the side of the car, there's no doubt whatsoever that those side pods are definitely slimmer. They drop away, if you like, in a similar fashion to how they did last year, but they are definitely more dramatic, and that car is very tightly packaged. You can see here, I've popped some lines on. They're not perfect, but they kind of highlight what I'm trying to say. You can really see that difference in the drop away at the side pod, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but if you look where I've put that red line, it definitely appears to be tighter at the rear. 
it could just be the lighting, but I don't think it is because of that. I think it is genuinely just very nicely and tightly packaged. And I know this next one is kind of a pointless comparison, really, given the development over the course of 2019. But looking at it versus last year's launch spec renders, you can really see the difference in the sculpting of the definition in that side pod. It looks quite a bit more aggressive, actually, when you look at those two side by side. Kind of sticking with that side pod area, or exactly sticking with that side pod area, you can see the air intake is clearly smaller versus the Brazil spec. Now, last year, as I'm sure you'll remember, Mercedes had some real issues with cooling at some of the hotter tracks. And this points to some confidence that maybe they've sorted, or at least think they've sorted, some of those cooling issues. Now, it must be said that when you look at the car on track this morning, the side pod intake is definitely bigger than it looks in the renders, but it's still, for me at least, smaller than last year's. Moving to the front of the car, that front wing in that render looks to have had a few tweaks. Not massive changes, but subtle. However, the on-track pictures appear to show the car running last year's front wing, or a spec that is very close to last year's end-of-season spec. So I'm fully expecting that to change before Barcelona. Also, just another area to point out is the roll hoop or the airbox. Kind of relieved to hear that other people refer to that as the airbox as well, by the way. Thought it was just me being stuck in the past. No great surprises there, though, I guess. But I'd say that's pretty much the same as last year's, just the one big oval, and that's been split into three intakes. At the side of the car, or more specifically, the bargeboard area, you can see there on the, the side pod part of the bargeboard, if you like, that is one complete piece now, and it's got that really nice rounded edge to it as well. It just looks more integrated into the car. Last year's, although it absolutely wasn't, did look as though it had just been stuck on, whereas, again, this year's looks more like it's part of the car. I'm not entirely sure I know what I mean by that, but I hope somebody does out there. Anyway, the rest of the barge board you can see there, maybe three parts of that area. I'm not 100% sure on that though, because the lighting in the picture on the right isn't brilliant for that area, but it's about the best one I could find, or at least that I've got saved anyway. So it looks like there are three elements there, or at least three slots in those elements, as opposed to the one from last year. Pretty much just minor tweets, couple of things missing, but this is a massive area for in-season development. So I expect that to change a lot between now and testing and even more between then and Australia. Just a couple of other things worth mentioning that James Allison, the technical director, has said. He's pointed out that they have stiffened up the front suspension in the upright wheel bearing and wheel area. There is also an all-new rear suspension layout. And he also added that there will be no major changes between testing and Australia. Now, in my notes here, I've written in brackets, that's a claim. In pre-season, as you all well know by now, we've got to take everything Mercedes say with a massive pinch of salt. So they're saying there'll be no changes between testing in Australia or no major changes. There will be some development, of course. In fact, I'll read you part of James's quote. We will still have upgrades for Melbourne that will come in the second week of testing, but the entire new car approach of 2019 won't feature. So I guess just to round off, really, on the W11... Kind of like I've said about a number of other cars this week, it's just a good evolution of last year's car. There are changes there, but nothing massively dramatic. It's not a revolution, but we're not to expect that. However, after seeing the Ferrari and the Red Bull and reading up on all of their changes earlier this week, I did expect a little bit more from Mercedes. But you know, having said that, they don't really need to go radical or make any big changes because they are the champions, they are the benchmark. And they had a great foundation at the end of last year to build off, or at the end of the last six years really, isn't it? They've got a fantastic group of people there. They know what they're doing. So it just makes total sense, regardless of 2021, to just tweak things and make the car 
a little bit better. It's up to Ferrari and Red Bull to close the gap. They're the ones that have really got to go for it. And I'll reiterate this point as well. They are just launch spec renders. There will 100% be changes before testing. They've already said there'll be a new aero package for the second week of testing. But I'm fully expecting a lot more changes for Australia than they're making out at the moment. I guess it all comes down to how testing goes for them though, doesn't it? And finally for this video and for this week, we've had a little bit of a look at the new Alfa Romeo. I'm not going to do any techie stuff on this one. I'm not even going to try and play spot the difference because we've not seen a huge amount of pictures. There are some interesting points to pick out there, like the front wing for it or the front nose rather, for example. But I'd much rather wait until we see the full launch, which is next Wednesday. And we will cover that in the morning of the first testing stream. But I still wanted to show these pictures off because some of you will want to go and pick them apart and have a look for some of the changes. But also from a purely aesthetic point of view, that livery is gorgeous. I love it. I know it split a few people on social media, but I am a big fan of it. And for a second year in a row, it's got that Valentine's Day twist on it too. This is just a launch livery or probably more specifically a shakedown livery and it will 100% change before testing. Oh, and by the way, as I'm sure you can tell by the helmet in the pictures, it was Kimi Raikkonen who took it for a spin this morning. It looks very, very nice. And I do like the black overalls as well that Kimmy's wearing. But again, I'm not going to get too excited about this. There's not really an awful lot to say on it because it is just a launch livery or a shakedown livery. But like I say, we'll go over the car in a bit more detail on Wednesday morning when we are live. More on that in a second though. But that is it for this video and for this week. What a week it's been. Thank you so much for all your support on the channel. It's been fantastic. And although these are only launch spec renders and all of that business, it is so good to have something to talk about when it comes to Formula One. Not long now until testing. I cannot wait. And we're not even that far away from Australia. Bring it on. Next week, the remaining Formula One teams will launch their cars on Monday and Wednesday respectively. Do subscribe to us on the Friendship Feed on YouTube so that we can view more videos as well as, as subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on what do you think on today's episode. And if you just can't get enough of us, do, do follow us on our social medias on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram on the Friendship Feed. And you can just feedback to us on suggestions on your new episode ideas at thefriendlightmedia at outlook.com. So until then, we'll talk to you guys again really soon. And remember, Formula 1 2020 season is just the beginning. Anything can happen. Thanks to Haimitsu for providing the awesome song Adventures. The Friendship Feed is a production of iHeartRadio's The Friendlight Media in association with Red Circle. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.